I'm in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. You ain't cooking up. We cooking up, chopping up. D King. Lay down. Trap side, rap side, Don and the King. Gonna do it. Gonna do it. Chop it up. Peace, peace, peace. Yeah. Welcome back to season three of Chopping It Up with the Conduit. Today's special guest is visionary music scholar, an expert in managing relationships, plus much more. I affectionately call him our Clarence Avant of hip hop, Mr. Guy Rute. But first I would like to salute my team. And that's executive producer Mika Sunga, you're the best. Graphics and visual Matt Urgency Myron, thank you very much all the time for your help. And on video, Adam7X, AKA Mecha Godzilla. A huge thank you to our sponsors, Special shouts out to Grown Fresh NYC. Y'all already know what it is. Biggie Smalls is the illest. Y'all go check him on the website or go check his IG page and, you know, check out the cloth, man. Or, you know, check out the site on our website at choppingituppodcast.com. Um, and Guy is already in the building, so let me go ahead and bring him in. All right. Thank you to everybody joining us on this Sunday. I, I appreciate you for always checking in. Um, it's a beautiful thing. My brother, Guy. How you doing, brother? Life is good. How are you? Doing well, doing well, doing well. It's good to always see you. good to see your face. Yeah, it's always good to see you, fam. Um, you know, you know, I don't do a lot of these, so it's like, you know, you're one of the people that you call. I'm like, all right, Celine call. I got to go. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate you for answering the call, if you don't mind. I would like to go ahead and give a proper introduction, if you don't mind. Do your thing. I'll, I'll sit here and blush. If I... <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll work. All right. Um, before you do that, before you do that, let me let me let me just shout out my wife on the podcast. I yeah, should. the queen. She already <laughs> knows what time it is. Peace, queen. I see you in the building. <laughs> I see you in the building. And Satori's in the building too. Yes. Right. Peace to my sister Satori, of course. Yeah. Greeks too. Everybody in the building. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. The bosses, the boss. All right. What's up, bro? So, uh, ready? Yep. He navigates different environments and personalities, yet never forgets his mission to help develop great musical artists. He's a music supervisor, a movie producer, an artist advocate, an artist enthusiast, a Grammy maker, a connector of the connectors, my brother and mentor, Mr. Guy Rute. Man. I'm like, who you, I'm looking around like, who you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I really, I really mean that guy because, you know, I was caught, I was caught by surprise. Um, you know, of course, in the beginning stages of the pandemic, I caught you on a live mm -hmm. and I was just, okay, well, you know, what's God talking about? And then there was just so many things and gems that just popped out that I didn't know. Right. You right, know, right. that I never asked because Every time, you know, when we're together, it's, you know, we're usually having a good time or is in, you know, in working process. You know what I mean? So yeah. yes, it's never time for me to actually pick your brain. And, mm -hmm. you know, just the, the things that I've learned, like I, when I put it out on Twitter that I feel that you're our Clarence Avant of hip hop, I really mean that because that's you've a very, been there. Very humbling, uh, very humbling uh, statement. I'm like, you know, for those that don't know uh, Clarence Avon, it's a, it's a big deal to, to be compared 
to a legend like that, the Black Godfather. Yeah, the Black Godfather, indeed. For those who don't know, please go do your Googles. But, um, you know, do your Googles on Guy as well, because he has his fingerprints and footprints all over this culture. So if you don't mind, um, I'm going to start off because it usually starts off in our adolescence that we are intrigued and we find what we love. You know, mm -hmm. what was the starting point for you coming out of Staten Island? Who were your influences? Yes. Wow. And, you know, that's, that's a loaded question because you're also talking about what eras are you talking about? So in terms of music, the biggest influence uh, were the Foursome Ds, who were at the time yes. the Foursome C. Um, yes. because, you know, a lot of times your influence, you know, obviously I had musical influences and, you know, Jackson's, Stevie Wonder and all of that, but the Foursome Ds and who were at the time the Foursome Cs and even before that, the LDs, um, mm -hmm. they were our neighbors, they were our friends, they were our family, you know, and so to see somebody up close doing what you think it is that you want to do and achieving it and getting to the highest levels of the high, uh, there's no greater influence than, than the, you know, seeing it. So I, you know, for, the force was a big one. There's, there's I'm a, I'm a shout out a couple of Staten Island groups. The fly four was a, a, a big influence on us. Uh, shout out to Bobby Rell. Um, it was, uh, it was a lot of people, uh, uh, Laura Rashawn was an MC for Staten Island that was just like blowing up. And these are all cats that at the time, this is early 80s, they was going up to Harlem World. They was going up, you know, representing Staten Island. And we were like the lost borough. So for them to go and and be in these spaces was was rare, you know what I mean? But they, they these are the people that I looked up to. Um, uh, Kevin Cow, Doc, you know, just just lo the local heroes of, of uh, Larry Braxton, who's a DJ, and uh, Wiz, who's a DJ on Staten Island, and, and you know, a bunch of cats that, that uh, really came up and made this hip hop thing real to me mm. as a as a real young young man, and uh, and then made me want to join and be part of the culture uh, in any way I could. You know, right. whether, you know, I tried break dancing; I wasn't very good, but you know, <laughs> I, I I can rhyme a little bit. I could write it write really good, and you know what I mean. And so that's that's the path I started in. You know. Okay. Well. Um... So we're talking about major influences and your influences who become mentors. And you spoke of, you know, the legendary Force MDs. You know, um, I know, how was it to go out on the road and actually absorb and learn with them? Because I know coming up at that time, I remember them opening it up for groups such as New Edition and things of that nature. So, you know, you were really around a lot. So, I mean, what was it that you absorbed and learned? Well, first of all, like I said, the greatest gift ever given to me by them was believing that this fantasy is can be reality. To mm -hmm. see my friends from around away from projects, from you know, now on tour, you know, with New Edition and with Sherelle and you know with Roger and Zach, and seeing them go out on the road and and uh and taking us with you know, Staten Island is a small town, so we all cousins, we all fam, so tour bus right. pull up, we jump on. And, you know, so my summertime sometimes was spent, you know, like almost famous on the road, you know, with uh, with the force. And I got to meet, you know, a lot of heroes. And it was a big deal, you know, meeting New Edition. It was a big deal 
um, you know, meeting Houdini. You know, I was ahead one DMC and you know, meeting yeah. these people, you know, fresh fests and all that kind of stuff. And I'm talking, I'm 12, 13, 14 years old, you know what I mean? And exactly in these people. And uh and so it became like it became almost in a, in a lot of ways it was, became matter of fact. It was like it was an expectation. It didn't it it, it it was demystified is the word I'll probably use. Um but it was it was always it was always exciting to to be backstage in an arena, you know, to pull up on a tour bus and get ushered into a place and and uh and then just just to see see the process. And I was always intrigued. I was always intrigued by two of the processes. I was always intrigued by the studio process of creating songs. And I was always intrigued yeah. by the live music process, the rehearsals and how the rehearsals translated to the live stage. I was always, uh, right. you know, so I would get to know the musical director, Mike Cyril, shout out, one of my best friends to this day. I met him as an MD for the Force and Ds. And I would see how he mm -hmm. would put together the show and, you know, and how competitive he'd be with New Editions MD and how competitive he'd be with Levert's MD or whatever, you know, and uh, right. so it was, it, was, it was school for real. It was school for real. And I, I really took this moment um, to, to absorb and absorb and absorb. Um, while I was sitting there kind of as a fan, but had all this access. And so I wanted to know what every person did, the sound monitor guy, the, the guy that's, you know, setting up the drums. I want to know what everybody does, and, you know, what their path was to this place, you know? Right. All right, so um, let's, let's take it there because, you know, after, I guess, being on tour with the Force MDs, I want to talk about the incarnation of the Soul Shocking MCs and after so soul shocking mcs was before being on tour so soul shocking mcs was a group that i formulated with my brothers and you're good by the way for even knowing what that was <laughs> right <laughs> my brother and i had to do the knowledge i had to do the knowledge for sure my brother and two of my cousins and one of, one of our dear friends uh we formed a rap group. Uh, I started in you know, Soul Shocking when I was 12, I think. We started that group, 13. And um, that's when they was the Force MCs. And we actually would be out shows with them or battle with them. And, you know, uh, I found a flyer not too long ago with us on a show uh, in Park Hill, in, in the rec rooms of Park right. Hill with the, uh, with the Force. Um, and that was just our entry. That was our, our entry into, the, into music and into the hip hop culture. Everybody in that group, was a graffiti artist, a break dancer, mm. a DJ. Everybody in the artist was fully immersed. Everybody in that group was fully immersed in the culture. Yes. Um, and so that this was one of the things we did, which was we were a rap group, you know, so shocking MCs. We was harmonizing, rapping, we do shows all over. Um so what happened with that uh so part half the group was in a group called the Fresh Style Rockers, which was a breakdancer group that toured the world. Right. In, in the Fresh Style Rockers was this other kid. His name was Frost, Puerto Rican kid. We became tight, young boys. We was 14, became really tight. We started a crew. Um, we used to call ourselves the Tough Two or something like that. So right. we started, that was my side rap group. Then I heard him sing and I found out he could sing. So we started forming a, a singing group you know, singing rap. I was a rapper. He was a singer. Right. In the group. Uh, and that's, that was the beginning of Aftershock. Aftershock. Yes. That's, that's what became Aftershock. So. Okay. So I want to transition because, you know, most 
most parents and family members always wants what's best for us. Indeed. And, you know, most of the time we usually wrestle, you know, about college. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, you know, I know you that you stopped for a while. And of course, you know, with that being said, you know, because I've been in that situation as well, your mm -hmm. family members do become upset because mm -hmm. they don't necessarily see what you see. Right. You know, um, so with them being upset, I understand that you countered them with criticisms of, you know, countered their criticisms with stories of sitting with, you know, Quincy Jones. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my, my father, like, so just like I told you before, like, I'm in school. Like, just because it's not the school the way you think it should be school. Exactly. You know, and uh, I went to Hunter College. I, I got accepted to Morehouse. Mm -hmm. And my mother was like, you going to Morehouse. And I'm like, I can't go to Morehouse. I can't leave New York City in 1986 mm -hmm. in the middle of hip hop. Right. For some D's, my best friend. I'm rolling with Milk D and Giz Audio too. That's my family. Word. You know, I, I am I'm hanging out with Living Color. And I was acting, you know, I, I'm going to their show, sneaking in their concerts because I'm too young to be in the club. And now you want to send me to Atlanta. And it mm. wasn't Atlanta what Atlanta is today. Exactly. It wasn't even Atlanta in the totally different. eighties, right? Yes. No way am I going to Atlanta. Um, so I ended up going to Hunter College and I was a, a DJ on the radio up there for a little while. And, you know, I just wasn't into school. I was into what I was doing. So, you know, I told my mother, you know, give me some time off, you know, from school, from working and let me pursue this for real. Right. And I told her, I said, if, 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 if in a year, I think I might've said six months, but I think or, or six months or a year, if, if I don't have something tangible for you to see, right. I'll go to Morehouse. Exactly. And she was like, bet. And within three months, I got signed to a production company. Within six months, I had my first record deal on Virgin Records. Mm -hmm. And so I'm on Virgin. I'm doing really well. And my father, he's like, yeah, this is cool what you're doing. This is, you know, it's fun. I see what you, you know, you're having fun. But you really should go back to school, you know? And, right. and I told him, I said, listen, I just was at R&B Live. And I sat down. And I had an hour-long conversation with Quincy Jones. Mm. So you tell me the school that can get me that, and I'll go there. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I said, I'm in school, Dad. I said, I said, I learned more in that conversation than I could in four years in any right. credit. So I said, please let me just continue to do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. and, um, not that he could have stopped me, but, you know, <laughs> please give me your support. And, right. You know, and, you know, and listen, my father, last time I saw my father, he's like, yeah, you ever think about getting your law degree? And actually, <laughs> at this point, I am thinking about it. So, you know. <laughs> right. At least it was supportive, though. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was, uh, it's, it's interesting because I didn't, I didn't need it in the way other people did, um, the support and other people, I, you know, I'm the youngest, I'm my mother's youngest child. Yes. My brother was a wild boy and he was, uh, you know, running the streets and took up a lot of the air in the room, uh, mm -hmm. from my mom. So... I only really needed support from my big sister, Lenora. And she, she supported me so unconditionally and so fiercely that I didn't even care what my father had to say. Like, look, my sister, she, she's the one that would tell she's me. She's the one, yes. She'd be like, nah, don't do that. Or yeah, you can do that. And right. she always had my back. And, and that's, so I didn't even, I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't one of them stories like, oh, my father doesn't believe in that. Eh, whatever, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got it. And uh, that, that the people that have always supported me and really raised me were the ones that I cared about their opinion. 
That's peace, man. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at the age of 23 in the 90s, your career trans, you know, transformed into management. Mm -hmm. You know, when um, we can speak on Shaheem, the rugged child. Shaheem, that's colors, my first client. Right. Corey Glover of, you know, li Living Color. Yes. You know, the family stand, you know, we can yes. we can go on. Um, did you know that was a part of your calling? No. Um, in retrospect, when I look back, I had always been the manager. You know, I had always been the, even in my group Soul Shocking, I was the, I was the, the you know, the one booking the shows or figuring out where we, you know, at, at a very young age, I was right. figuring out the plan. You was a student. So, it, was, it was part of my personality. I, nobody just ever taught me that that was a job. You know what I mean? I, you know, we never, you know, we never knew. So the, my way into the culture was through the arts, you know, and right. not from behind the scenes perspective, you know? And this is before we really got a view into the, to the, you know, the Andre Rells and Russell Simmons of the world, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't know, you know, the force of these were managed by their father. Mm -hmm. So it, it didn't translate as that's a job or that's right. a thing. But when I got in, I started meeting. So my manager was, um, Nat Robinson, who ran First Priority Music, Milk and Gizzard's Pops. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, watching him move and watching how he moved, that was one of my first mentors. The family stand had had manager, uh, Abby Rosenfeld. He was one of my mentors of, of seeing people behind the scenes. And what I realized was that I was much more comfortable in making records mm -hmm. from an A&R perspective and in negotiating deals than I was actually as a performer. Right. Um, and I, I remember doing a show in, in, in Aftershock. We had a, a number one song in, in Arizona, a song called Going Through the Motions. Right. And, and um, performed in front of 500,000. 500,000 right? people. And Tour I just. with Paula Abdul, correct? Yeah. And I, I just totally didn't feel what I felt, felt like I should feel mm -hmm. in that moment. Half a million people, lighters in the air, singing the song that I wrote. Wow. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. You know, I, I I didn't get the high that I thought I would get. You wanted something better. I wanted something different because for somebody else, right? That's the, that's the pinnacle. That's their know? pinnacle. Uh, for me, when I closed uh, a, a great deal, I got that high. You know, right? When I when I handed in what I thought was a classic album, I got that high. So I just had to figure out that I knew that this wasn't my calling. You know, for the rest of my life, I knew I needed to do something that was feeding my spirit more. I didn't have that language to say that, but I just knew. So the opportunity for Shaheen came up because one of my best friends, his name is Wiggs, mm -hmm. started working with uh, a producer named RNS from Staten Island. Right. And RNS is a beast on the boards. And so he was, you know, producing the UNC's album and Wiggs kept coming to me for advice on industry stuff. And then finally he was like, yeah, why don't you just partner with me? And then, and they introduced me to uh, Shaheen. Shaheen was mm -hmm. 10, 11 at the time, right. and they were developing shop. And uh, UMC's got their deal, blue cheese, all that blew up. And then we started working on shop. And then I had all the connects in the industry, you know, whether it was through Virgin or, or my connects through uh, uh, Sylvia Roan and, you know, uh, Ruben Rodriguez over at Pendulum. So we ended up getting a, a Benny Medina, we ended up getting a bidding war going on for shop. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, remember, this is right as crisscross sold four million. Right. Exactly. Everybody's looking for a kid rapper. Mm -hmm. And they loved the fact that he wasn't like them. He was hardcore. And he was, you know, he was New York. He was dark. And Gemma Corfield, who was my A&R for my group, wanted to get Shaheen. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so she ended up giving us the best deal. She ended up giving us, like, you know, a little production deal and all that. We cut this deal for Shaheen. And at that point, I was like, man, 
I like this, you know? I was still in the group at the time. <laughs> I, was, I was, you know, just released my second album. And, but I, I realized I, I got way more of a thrill from cutting that, you know, from that negotiation with Benny Medina calling me on the phone and Benny at the time was running black music at Warner Brothers and Cats is hitting mm -hmm. me. And I, I like the energy around doing those deals and helping this other talent who I thought was otherworldly. It's the other point. I didn't think my talent was otherworldly. You know what I mean? Okay. And I, I tell us all yeah. the time, you know, you know I, work, I work with Pharaoh and I tell right. Pharaoh all the time, he's, he retired me because I heard stress, I heard the stress verse, uh, extinction agenda verse. And he's like, mm -hmm. you know, he's doing the chat thing. Whoop, chase, queen, queen, chase, whoop, 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 the original King James. Right? And I was like, <laughs> I'll never be able to do that. <laughs> I'll never be able to do that kind of verse, man. And so I always tell Farrell, well before I knew him, that he retired me from uh, from emceeing. Hmm. And uh, so I started. So during the uh, the transition after after Shine's, you know, so Shine's starting to his little record starting to go. He going on the road with Big Daddy Kane. I'm going out with him. Yeah, he, he has to have a guardian to go out with him. I go out on the road with him. We go to Europe. Mm. I'm like, yo, man, this is what I want to do right here, you know? And so, right. you know, we just, after my second album, we just disbanded the group. My, my record went gold. We had a gold, you know, gold single, Slave to the Vibe. We could have kept continued. They would have definitely did another album. Right, no doubt. We just like, man, you know, I'm done. I'm, I want to I wanna pursue this. And then I, I got with this group, Goodfellas. Family Sam was my production company. Yeah. That's who I was signed to. So it was just natural that I morphed into, as I started becoming successful on the management side when i started managing corey who was like i know corey since i was 15. right and when he left living color he was looking for a record deal and i cut him a deal but our deal was if i get you a record deal for this album i'm your manager oh wow it was a bet and so i got the deal it was so you won the best records and and so i started having the stable now you know Shaheem, I got Corey Glover, I got the group Goodfellas, yeah. got the song on the I see, I got Family Stand. Yeah. It started to become a thing. And now all of a sudden I am a manager now. And I'm I'm what my mentors were and you know in, in, in my own right. So it, it it came down the line the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And full circle, I started managing the force and bees back then too. So Yeah. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so, yeah it, it always comes back full circle, right? Yeah, it comes back, yeah. So. Yeah, 360. So, you know, in the 2000s, you know, you've been consulting, developing your own businesses, offered major positions and respectfully, you know, turned them down. Respectfully. Yeah, respectfully, <laughs> you know, to, uh, you know, to ultimately end up forming your own, which is a uh, war media. Yep. You know, and what was your reasoning behind that? Well, I had done um, one of my really best friends who, who actually, how I met him is, is come on, pray for KP. KP signed Corey Glover, and that's how I met him. Okay. He signed Corey Glover as a face. And from like, literally from the day I met KP, we became like brothers. Like, you know, I, I don't even know what it was. He, he, he actually, it felt like my family from the minute I met him. And so we've been tight since then. Right. So KP was, you know, going on Usher, T.I. He, he's blowing up, right? He's blowing yeah. up. And he leaves the face and he goes to Columbia. And when mm. he gets to Columbia Records, uh, he signs an artist I had named Sarah Devine, right? Amazing, amazing vocalist, and it didn't work out because the whole regime up there changed. Okay. And KP actually was out of the out of a, a job there for a while. Mm -hmm. And when the new regime after that came in, they hired KP again to be 
executive vice president creative side of of not of not just Columbia but Columbia and Epic. It was like it was called Sony Urban, and he came to me and asked me to join him. He, you know, he had to move to New York, and he's like, "I need I need people around me." Yeah, it's always that's what you're know, supposed to do. That you know music and all that, so I want you to come. And he tried to hire me, you know, some vice president shit. And I was like, "No," mm. and he was like, "No." I'm like, "No," and he said, um, "Okay, will you consult?" Mm. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll consult. I'll take a check. So uh, I started consulting. At that time, I, my, I had a company called Renegade Media, and I was partners uh, in that company with Selwyn Hines, mm -hmm. um, who plays into my story to, to this day. Yeah. Selwyn used to run the source and, you know, it, of course. BT News for a long time, and then yes. my brother since the 90s as well. So we were both doing Renegade. He was, he under that banner, he was doing... Um, a lot of stuff at BT would create shows over there. And we also had a, a, a pilot deal at VH1 for, for a TV show. So I've been rocking the TV thing for longer than for a minute. Know. You know what I'm saying? So we yeah. had a pilot deal for a show called, the show was called, funny, the show was called Chopping Wax. Okay. It, it was a reality show for uh, trying to find the next great super producer. Mm. And, so, and, and so we shot a whole pilot for VH1, gave us office space, everything. It was dope. Wow. Um, so I, that, Stuff like that was the reason I was selling KP. I couldn't become an employee of Sony. I feel you. And then I couldn't go do the VH. I, I want to be able to do all the stuff I do. I said, I'm more of an asset to you, not being an employee, being a consultant. Indeed. And it was great. It was a great time. We had Chad Elliott, was uh, A&R up there, Anton Marchand, um, Pora. And uh, we, we, had, we had a squad, Julie Knapp on the admin, Jen Gray. It was great. And we did some great things up there. And one of the things I tried to do at that time was sign Farrell. Mm. You know? So I was up there trying to, I tried to sign Sean Price. I tried to sign Farrell. I tried, I tried to sign all of my, like, all these cats on the underground that were banging. I, only project that I ended up getting to do that I really want, there's two projects. One was an artist from Toronto named King Rain, mm -hmm. the worker with Rest of the Dead. Uh, he, uh, he passed away a few years back, but this was like, who, I had, he was signed directly to Renegade. Okay. Uh, and then that was the that was part of my deal going in was that I was bringing King Rain, and other artists I got to uh, work on was uh, Raphael Sadiq. Raphael Sadiq was yeah. somebody that I wanted to bring in because mm -hmm. they were bringing him in as a production deal, and I wanted to do an album with him. Me and KP were like, let's do an album on Ray. So I, and I was assigned to be his A and R. I was also assigned. I did a Consequences album. Uh, I was assigned to Good Music was my my one of my. So it was Consequence, Sarah, uh, a couple of them other cats. Yeah, yeah. Really, I, though, I, really yeah. though, I think was signed. And we, we never got to those records, but I did get Consequences album, which was basically done when I got there. I just helped to get through the system. And, right. You know, and that's my brother to this day. I still rock with Consequence. Indeed. You know, Peace so. of Consequence. And uh, so, oh, so the long, to get to your question, I tried to sign Pharaoh. Pharaoh's album, Desire, ended up going to SRC. Mm -hmm. It was a bidding war. I had Sony in a bidding war, uh, Bad Boy, and I think Motown was in a bidding war for this album. Okay. He ends up going to uh, SRC, gets with Sean C and them as A&Rs, and uh, Scott Free and them. Yes. And, but I'm, the whole time, I'm, at, I'm in a studio with him, I'm rocking with him, we're becoming really, really, really tight. And uh, his album drops in June of 2006. 2007. Mm -hmm. and, but in May of 2007, 
they blew up the whole Sony thing, brought in Rick Rubin and the crew. So I was out. Mm. I was out. They gave me a really, really big check, probably the biggest check I ever saw. To mm -hmm. And I had nothing to do. <laughs> so Daryl <laughs> dropped the record uh, in June. He's going on tour. And I'm like, yo, where are you going to be? I'm going to come meet you. I, I, let me go see the world with you. So, I, you know, you ain't gotta, I, I got it. I'm just going to meet just up. Give me the, so he gave me his, like, literally gave me his, uh, his tour schedule. I started booking flights. I was going to Switzerland. I was going to London. I would just show up and just, you know, get me in, make sure I'm good. You ain't right. And as I was doing it, I started to see, you know, kind of how his operation was running. And I saw some flaws in it. Mm. So I started just giving, like, advice to his manager at the time, Angie Aguirre. And she was like, Angie was like, uh, he, he was doing Rock the Bells that year. That's the year with Rage Against the Machine and uh, Wu-Tang. was Wu-Tang. Mm -hmm. And um, she came to me and she said, yo, I, I really need you to come in and help me because I, I love your ideas and what you're doing. And he listens to you. And so I said, ah, I'm not really interested in managing, but, you know, let's, uh, let's you know, I'll hang around. And then finally she came in and, and uh, confessed to me that she was leaving T-Pain. Mm. And uh, so she said, you could take the whole thing. So I have a sit down with Farrell and I said, I'm not interested in being your manager. I am interested in forming a media company and I'll be down to partner with you. Which in the context of that, I will also manage you. Right. And by the way, you're never going to have another major record label deal. And he was like, what do you mean? They got to pick up my option. I said, they're not picking your option. Because I knew the business was changing. Yes. And I knew how that to was about to be my next question. And I knew the numbers just didn't add up as mm -hmm. good as that record was. I know how much they paid for it. And I'm just like, yo, this doesn't add up no more. And you can't see it, but I'm telling you what's going to happen. And he was like, I will see. I'm telling you. And then lo and behold, Steve Rifkin called us in. It was like, so we got to change your deal or we can't pick your option up. And I'm yes. Sure. And not only do we want to give you less money, we want a 360. And so I just said, listen, no. But mm -hmm. <laughs> I told Daryl, I said, what you sold, you know, the 150,000, 200,000 records you sold at SRC, if you were independent, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yes. And you owned it and you got yeah. the majority of it, like, yo, B, like that. So what's a loss to them is a super, super, it's a super, super game for you. Yeah. So go, you, you, you're never going to make, you're never going to make music that's going to be super, super pop. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to, you're not going to make whatever the, whoever the person of the day was. You're not making, right. you know, French Montana music, whatever, whoever the fuck is, right? So exactly. you need to go be king of the underground. You need to go own it and let's, let's create a, a business model that allows you to live your lifestyle you want to do, make a bunch of money, and be able to control your artistic and uh, mm -hmm. cultural vision. Yes. And he bought into it. So we formed War Media, and we started rocking. And you know, f went on, you know, went and saw the world, toured the world. Yes. Uh, you know, started working with Gene Gray and Mila Machenko, and we had a uh, Showtime Boogie Blind. And, you know, we just started working with people and just started doing tours and stuff like that. And then we started figuring out what our, uh, what his next release was going to be, you know. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, full disclosure, Pharaohs wanted his next release at that point to be this 13 album that he's doing now. Right. That was what he wanted to do back in 2008. And I was like, wow. No. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And he was like, what you mean? No, I'm like, you need to do a Beats to the Rhymes, Mike Supremacy record. Right. You got to reestablish your dominance in the world. And he, yeah. he said, explain to me what you mean. And I said, you know, I get into conversations with people about who the best MCs are in the world. Right? And cats throw out every name, every name. And then when I mention your name, they all agree. Yeah, yeah, no, he's definitely top five, right? Mm -hmm. I said, but they never bring it up first. Right. Because you're not part of the conversation. Mm. And I said, the way you become part, you're not part of the conversation because your first album, your first solo album comes out in 99. And then your next album comes out in 2007. Mm. That's a lot of time for people to yeah. get about you. That's a huge gap. And then, you know, so I said, you have to go reestablish what you established in 1999 again. And then you can go to an album that's alternative. You know, so with that being said, you know, the industry and the music changing since you started, what do you think was, you know, the hardest transition for you? And how did you get, yeah, and how did you get through it? Any transition is only hard if you resist. Mm. So the hardest transition for me was the one I just made which is from War Media to Schematics, my new company. You know what I mean? That's right. It was a very difficult transition because I felt like I didn't accomplish with War Media all that I wanted to accomplish, you know? Understood. And I felt like by walking away from that brand that I was betraying the people that bought into it. I feel you. Know? Because yeah. people bought into what that brand stood for, what it, st it stands for. I'm not gonna, you know, it's not dead. Exactly. But, but um people really bought into it and you know people people hit me up i want to be on war media how can i be down with what you know and it was like we really created something but what we created or what or the or the the, the public facing entity that we created wasn't what i wanted to do mm -hmm. even from the gate it's the okay. reason it's called war media not war music or war or war records yeah i could do a more expansive version of a company. I didn't want to be Farrell Munch's manager. Right? Yeah. I wanted to be Farrell Munch's business partner, which is what we were, but it right. ended up so much of the energy went into creating his projects and you know, and he's a big presence. Yes. That we didn't get to do all of the other things and I stopped paying attention to me because I'm naturally a nurturer and I'm naturally like I got to make sure that he's straight. Right. And I stopped, I forgot about all the things that I wanted to do. And this is no, you know, Farrell's my brother, we still work together. This is not a knock on that. It's, it's, this is me saying I'm, I'm being critical of how I get down and, you know, how I easily forget myself in the, in the, in the, um, in the realm of what is it, what is it that Guy Rute wants to end up doing? And, you know, and, um, you know, when I, I, you know, I had Satori, come in and me and Satori started doing, expanding what we wanted to do. So I don't want to act like War Media wasn't doing that. You know, we started working with other people and yes. started working with Danon and work with uh, Combat Jack. And, you know, we work with, you know, we started working with folks yes. to try to expand the vision, but it all still came in my mind under the guise of management. And I'm really, really good at managing. Yeah. I don't want to be a manager. I feel you. So it's a, it's a conflict, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's a conflict because I'm really, really, really good at it. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that. There's, so there's I sometimes take, I pick your brain about that. What I wanted to do was take the parts of it that I thought were transferable, which is the deal making, the visionary part of it, and the A and R part of it, you know, whatever. And I wanted to get out of the parts that I hated, which is the minutia, you know, the babysitting, the whatever, whatever, right? So I love developing artists and I love uh, A&R and executive producing records. And I I love even setting up tours and I love doing a lot of this stuff. What I don't love is when somebody calls me with stupid problems and that they can handle themselves or whatever. So the, and I just think that's a, it's probably more of a product of me just getting older. It's just be like, all right, man, this is somebody, somebody young needs to do that. Yeah, yeah, somebody <laughs> needs to take over. Somebody needs to run that. And I want to be the visionary. I want to be the connector. I want to say, oh, you need to be in a room with that person. And y'all get in the room. Y'all going to create magic. And you need to pay me for that connection. Word, word. The vision to put y'all in the room together. Okay, you're, you're a conduit yourself. Bingo. And so I started to see things a bit different. And I wanted to have a record label too. I still wanted to do records, but I didn't want to manage the people that I was putting record. I wanted to be the record label. You know, I wanted yeah. to just be, I didn't want to be caught up in how you got there. Give me the record and I'm gonna put it out. We're gonna see what we could do and you go on with your life. And how you paid your rent last month is not my concern other than the fact that I love you. You know what I mean? But it's Indeed. not like my job to make sure that your lights is on. Exactly. your hustle, you know? Um, so I just had to change, I changed the philosophy and in changing the philosophy, I, we dissolved the partnership with me and Farrell and then Farrell became a client. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, and like I said, it's still my brother. So whatever. Indeed, indeed. Every single day. But, you know saying, but, but, but he, but he can't, it, 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 the obligation of partnership is, you know, is different than the obligation of a client, you know, because we can look at a project together mm-hmm. and we can say, Hey, guy, I want to do this project, boom, boom. And I could be like, I'm not interested in that. Indeed, indeed. You have that option. I have that option to be like, exactly. Okay, so good luck, right? I'll if you need me for something, exactly. But I'm not interested in that. That's going to take up too much of my time, whatever. And then, whereas then when he has one, I could be like, Okay, I, I like this. I love this. Here's what I want for that. Mm-hmm. Here's how much, or here's the part of it I want, or here's what it is. And so I have a discernible in and out strategy, and I know what I'm getting. I know what I'm bringing back to the house, as I say. Exactly. You know I mean? Yes. Which is, by the way, the benefit of marriage. So, because <laughs> you got to know what you're bringing back to the house. Right. You know what I'm when you have, when you're accountable, there's accountability yes. in, in your household, right? So I gotta know what I'm bringing. My time has to add up to something. And so that's really kind of what what made me say, and this was probably the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, it's been in process for a long time, but the beginning of 2020 is when I formed Schematics, when I said, okay, I'm, I'm moving on. And it was, right. uh, and it was, uh, it was, it was such a, it was a very difficult, because I've been talking about it, I have been talking about it since 2015. Right. About moving and doing something different, or doing things differently, and I didn't really, 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 really do it to 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. So that was a different transition. The best thing that I've ever done, by the way, in terms of business, was making that that distinction and betting on myself. Indeed. Because I had become synonymous with Farrell Munch. 
Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it had become like, yo, that's, oh, that's Pharaoh's manager. That's Guy Pharaoh's manager. You know, and that's, that was the entirety of my existence. And although that's not what I wanted to be, I also became tethered to that because being Pharaoh Marge's manager opened a lot of doors for me and made yes. gave me access to things and got us, you know, got us into rooms. It got me in the rooms to be able to pitch other things. And right. so I didn't want to give up that title, but I didn't want that title. And so it was uh, a really, very, very difficult uh, transition to, to, uh, to make, but I made it and I'm the better for it. And so is he, and so is everybody else because I'm now at the top of my game and I'm able to really do things and really make magic happen because I'm really doing it from a place of love and where, and where I want to be. Well, that, well, well that's, let's segue into this because what would you consider your proudest moment in your career? Oh man, it probably hasn't happened yet, but so far, <laughs> um, <laughs> let me say it this way. And I know this is, this is cheating, but I'm gonna say it anyway. It's, it's uh, really, say what you feel, bro. It's, it's, it's really that I'm here still, that I'm still here. And, you know, we were told that at a certain age, you, you time out of this business, particularly in hip hop, you know what I mean? Right. And the fact that I'm still here, I'm still relevant. Um, so I, I'm not more proud of 40 year old version than I am of, of AKA the Rugged Child. Which you are the musical director of Music 40 year old version, which is now on Netflix. Yes, on Netflix. Shout out to Rider Blank for giving me a shot. Um, I'm not more proud of either one. I'm equally proud. I'm, you know, it's like your children. It's like, you know, they, they, I'm proud for different reasons, you know. Uh, I'm proud that I'm still here, still relevant. I've been able to pivot, post and pivot, baby, post and pivot. I've been able to yes. pivot and still and, and maintain. You think mm -hmm. about when I came into the music business, my first album was released in 1990. Yes, 1990. Think about who's, who's still here and who's not. You know what I mean? True indeed. Who I came up with. Right. Who's, not, who's no longer, you know, anywhere near the business. The fact that I'm still here, I'm still developing, that you even want to talk to me is, is the thing I'm most proud of. And that I've kept my integrity throughout. I never wow. did goofy shit that I'm embarrassed about. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, really, really, really like, yo, you can go, yeah, you go back and you, you check in my record, right? And, yeah. like, and I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm proud of that. Yeah, I'm proud of that. Yeah, I'm proud exactly. Of that. I did that. I'm not always proud of how things came out, or but I'm proud of everything I entered into, for sure. I didn't right. do anything that I'm like, oh, I hope they don't dig that up. No, dig it all up. It's all good. I'm, you know, people, people all the time. I was in the, I was uh in the family stands ghetto heaven video. Right. And people be sending that to shit to be like, I'm gonna be embarrassed. I'm like, ghetto <laughs> heaven is one of the greatest songs ever. Exactly. I was hell in there. I was kissing the girl. I was, you know, I was dope. You know, You're doing your thing. I had my little dreads, and yeah, I was fine. So I'm right. good. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm good with, with how my, you know, what I've done in my career, thus far. But I really, really, really feel like I'm just coming out of the tunnel at halftime. I'm like, it's third quarter. I'm, like, let's go. Sure I can indeed. win this thing. So I, don't, I feel like I got so much, so much more so to do. Much to do. Yes. Man. So much I wanna, I wanna, I wanna accomplish. Yes. Well, I, I already and know. So much I want to add road. to the culture. So much I want to add to the culture. Yes. Yeah. So. Okay. So, um, you know, I also know that you work with the late great Combat Jack. You know. Yes. Definitely, you know, a great friend of yours, and definitely a great friend of mine as well. You know, what was it like to be a part of that special journey? Man, Reg, that's it's funny because me and Reg knew each other from back in the day when he was a lawyer, and then. <laughs> fell out of touch 
And then I was working on Monch's first record, um, first record that we did together, which is called War, We Are Renegades. Yeah. We did did that as a deal through Duckdown. And Duckdown set up uh, a press day. And he said, oh, you, you, the next interview is with Combat Jack. And he walks in and he, he, said, he said, what's up, brother? What's up? And we're looking at each other. I'm like, I know you from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And after the interview, he pulls me aside. So I'm ready to say, you know, I'm like, oh. So we, we reconnected in that moment. And this is when they, they was down at uh, 10 J Street before the podcast really kicked off and they right. were doing it kind of as a radio show. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just stayed in touch and, we, and you know, we, he went to the source and uh, when Bonsu uh, took over the source, Bonsu, shout out to him, my yeah, man. Yeah, shout out to Bonsu. And he, they got a, a, a Leah thing tonight uh, that I want to check out, him and Torre. <laughs> 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 anyway, but, uh, and so we just became tight, man. And I moved to Brooklyn uh, I moved, and he, I lived near him and we started becoming cool. And at one point he came and, and said, yo, I love the way you're getting down. And I would, you know, I need to figure out how to go to the next level. And I would love for you to come in and join the team and, and be part of it. And you know, we for the short period of time that we 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 uh we became tight, we became tight tight. And we we would, you know, on some damn that everyday shit and you know, plotting yeah. the team in and doing a bunch of things. And it was beautiful to see him, you know, create something out of nothing and create this whole this network and really make podcasting, particularly in the black spaces, what it, what is, it is today. today. Yeah. Period. You know, really, yeah. really, really changed the entire fucking game. And, um, you know, like with all the integrity and with all of the, the charisma and all of the pivot and change your career in the middle and all of the, you right. know, you're older dude and you should be out the game and you just created a whole new game and everybody exactly. come rock with you. That's, you know, I, it, it was he he was it was such a pleasure to be um to be in his uh his presence and yeah he, he was so uh you know he was full of love and and, and uh full of wisdom true indeed and, you know, we, we did we did a lot of stuff i i i praise every moment i spent with with with, with combat you know what i mean with with reg and you know rest easy I, it's still it's surreal to me that yeah. he's not yeah. here. Indeed. Um, but he did his work, man, and his, his legacy is solid, secure. And, True you know indeed. And uh, yeah. we all are beneficiaries of what he put down. My greatest, uh, I remember him at the mobile party, the release party. They felt like one of them old Puff Daddy joints, you know, Jessica at the door and Lior in the building and DJing and, you know, me, Bonsu and uh, Jason Rodriguez and Reg at the bar sipping on something, just talk about life is good. We still here, we still standing. And um, yeah, that, that, that's, I think of Reg, that's, and he was up there dancing and just <laughs> feeling like the world was his, and it was, you know? So yeah. that's, shout out to Combat, man. He got me all yeah, busy. Yeah, man. Continue <laughs> to read some peace to that brother, no doubt. Yeah, peace, peace. So, um, you know, we're about to definitely wind it down, and this okay. is where I usually, uh, you know, take, you know, the interview to, you know, um, I want to talk about three special people. Let's do it. In more ways than one. Mm -hmm. The first one, uh, Miss Satori. Yes, indeed. Second, Pharaoh Monch, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And your lovely wife, <laughs> to whom I refer to as the queen. Yes, indeed. Shanae, how has, each, how has my... each one enhanced your life? Okay. 
Satori is, you know, I, I, I used to say all the time, Satori was, so how Satori came in my life, just real quick, was um, she was friends with Farrell, but she's also friends, she's, she was friends with one of my best friends, his little brother. So, so I kind of got information about Satori coming in a couple of ways. And I think we were at a South by Southwest when I first actually laid eyes on her. And mm -hmm. she, you know, came up and we, we had a conversation. And, and I, I think I was initially dismissive of her because it was like, ah, oh, Farrell, whatever, man. And we started talking and I realized how smart and brilliant she was. And at one point she's like, I would like to come work with you. I want to learn from you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, I can't pay nobody right now. She said, value isn't always monetary. <laughs> you know, she's laughing right now. No. <laughs> you know, value comes in a lot of ways. I didn't ask you to pay me. I just want to be there. And so she came in and she just came in and people could learn a lesson. And she came in and just took over. And before I knew it, I was like, I feel like I work for her. You know, mm -hmm. uh, she, she took the access, she took the knowledge and she took the, all the vision. And, you know, we, we talked every day and we, and she would just help me plot and scheme and plan and whatever. Mm -hmm. And she helped me refine my vision for this and also helped me believe that I was a CEO. Like, you know, like help me believe that, no, we, we're looking at you. She, she helped me know what the vision of the world of was, was made from outside, you know? Yeah. And, and she presented me that way. It wasn't before, long before I was like, I'm changing your title, your chief of staff with it, you know, let's get money together, let's figure this out. Words. Yeah, and she, it, you know, this is still one of my dearest friends. Yeah. I appreciated her wedding, you know, this is my, this is my, this is actually my family. I spoke to Word. her today, as a matter of fact. So yes, yeah, Satori's all world. Every, anything I ever do, she's gonna be part of somehow. Indeed. You know what I'm saying? That's it, that's what it is, I don't care. Um, Love to Satori. All the flowers in the world, Satori. Uh, Pharaoh, you know, that's my brother. And it's interesting. My life has been very amazing in that I have been surrounded consistently by geniuses and, and mm -hmm. by, by people that were a lot of Scorpios too. Shaheen was Scorpio, Corey Scorpio, Pharaoh. Anyway, but, but, uh, <laughs> but um, I've, been, I've been, you know, the best part of of a very wonderful relationship with Farrell is that Farrell called me up and spit rhymes to me that none of y'all are ever here, right? So <laughs> he'll just be like, yo, I got this version. And, and I get a thrill out of that, like it's the first time every time, you know, just to hear literally the God MC call Indeed. me up yeah. you know, what will either become a record or you'll never hear. I have so much, the, the access that I have to that level of talent and that level of vision, mm he's one of the funniest people in the world. And if you don't know him, you don't know that. Yeah, exactly. He's really quiet. He is hilarious. Yes. Brilliantly smart, which you already know. And uh, incredibly, incredibly, uh, he's just a good human. Very, uh, very, very good and, human and, being. And, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, one of the people I call my brother and I don't use that term lightly. Yes, that's my brother. Yeah. And in some way, you know, Farrell's the guy I look forward to us being old, old men together talking to. You know, you remember in the Black Godfather when Quincy was talking to Clarence? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's us, you know, Word. 85, talking shit, you know, talking about, you know, who was a better point guard, Rod Strickland or Mark Jackson, you know. <laughs> so that's, he, he's, uh, you know, he, I got a brother, enhanced my life. And my wife. The queen. A Jennifer is, um. She changed my life. She made me grow up, you know. The accountability, 
first of all, my wife was a black college beauty queen, man. I got a black college beauty queen. You know what I'm saying? Word. Like, I'm punching so far above my pay grade, bro. <laughs> you know she's smart. She's beautiful. She's she's the kindest person I've ever met. And like, I, sometimes I look at her, I'm like, you sure you want to be my wife? You know? But yeah. uh, she has this big, beautiful, loving family that has accepted me as one of their own. And mm. what I say, it's the best thing I've ever done. It's the best thing I've ever done. Like it's the best thing I've ever. We had. We just had our two year anniversary. Yeah, I know. And I can tell, bro. Yeah, Big yeah we time. went to Barbados. So the glow up. She just, she added years to my life. She added the. Yes. You know, yes. I, I know. I, I know what you're speaking about. I know you know, family. <laughs> and, so, and you know the vigor, the the, the the ability to uh to feel like not only that I can do it, but the the, the will to go get it. You yes. know. And, and to have a support system like that, when if everybody else is against you, we have one person that's like, no, you got it, you know? Word. She, she'll grab me my face, she'll be like, use that big brain of yours. I'm like, okay, you know? And I feel like I can go get it. It's Adrian with Rocky, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you can do it, Rocky. Yeah, you can I'm like, do it. I feel like I can do it. Yes. Yeah, no, she, it's, been, it's been wonderful. A year and a half of our marriage has been in the pandemic. Mm. And, I know people ain't making it through the pandemic. Yeah, and we yeah, yeah. Closer and closer and closer. And, you know, we, we keep building it, we keep growing. And, and uh, man, I can't, I can't wait to see what the next 25, 30 look like. You know what I mean? Like, That's what just, I'm talking it's about. It's amazing, man. Like, go get you a wife. If you can't get, get you a Sinead, if you can get you one, because the glow hey. up is real. You see this, the headshot? Hey, hey, bro. You see, you see me by a shirt, hey. You see me? <laughs> That's her. That's all her. Hey, you, you ain't never lied, guy. I'm telling you. I already know what you're speaking you, on, I man. See you. I, see your, I see the shame on the side. I see your glasses. Yeah, I, yeah. I know what it is. I know what your queen did, man. Word. Indeed. Man, that's what I needed to hear, and that's a beautiful way to, you know, to, to end off this, this, this great and beautiful interview. I want to say this, that I want to just tell everybody that. My new company is called Schematics. That's that's right. The, the word schematics without the vowels is how you find it. Um, we are a media tech company. We um, we do virtual events. We do music. We do film. We do art. And um, we just put out the Mickey Fax Blue Knots record. It was our first yes. official release as Schematics, the record label. So that's out now. It's doing really well. A lot more coming from that. From that that side of space, we did a joint venture with uh, Soul Spasm on the distro side, and uh, we got a lot of great things coming up, man. So just keep looking out. I'm trying. We're revamping our, you know, our, our vibe and our IG and everything. So you'll start to see stuff popping off in September. So just look out. Just look out for we. Well, you already know how I do, guy, yeah. man. I'm 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 always in the cut, man. Whenever you got something coming, I'm in the cut and I'm ready to support. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna call on you for for some help anyway. I, I need to employ your your unique set of skills anyway so <laughs> you know what i'm saying but bro I thank you sir that. thank you for um thank you for reaching out man like i said i don't i don't look at myself as a a, a, a front-facing entity in this game but my partners are like yo you gotta start you know you the face of this company man you, you gotta, gotta put get it out there man you know before i let you go you know god i just want to you know thank you for 
you know, not only your friendship and your brotherhood, but uh, more importantly, your mentorship. You know, um, thank you for joining us on Chopping It Up with the Conduit because we wanted to uh, definitely take it a different direction. You know, instead of just normally uh, interviewing the MC or the DJ, you know, we wanted mm -hmm. to give it a different twist. And um, a big help to, uh, a, a big help in that, you know, regarding thinking was, of course, Mika, and thank you to my sister Satori. Shout to Mika. Yes, the executive you, producer, boo. you are the best. <laughs> yes, indeed. And I appreciate it because this is this is season three, right? Yeah, and, this uh, is season three, sir. I'm honored that I uh, could break the glass ceiling of the first non-God MC. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. They usually don't let us into the building. They don't let your suits into the building, so I'm glad I got in. Indeed. And, uh, I see you on the other side soon, bro. Oh, definitely, most definitely. And my best to the queen, and we'll definitely catch up soon. All right, family. Talk to All you right, soon. Guys. Peace. Peace. All right, y'all. That was episode four with our hip hop's own Clarence Avant, the black godfather, who I affectionately call my brother God Rute. Um, I want to thank y'all for joining us today on this uh rainy Sunday. If you're on the East Coast, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Grown Fresh NYC. Y'all know what time it is. Peace and thank you to our sponsors. Make sure that y'all go hit up choppingituppodcast.com and, you know, tap in and, and see what they got, man. There's some good folk, man, that, that are actually helping us, you know, grow this thing here. Again, thank y'all for joining us on this Sunday. We'll see y'all in a few. Um, remember to mask up. Check on your loved ones. You know, be good to yourself, but also be good to each other. Until next time, I will see y'all. Water fountain, no, now the money fountain close. Drink them out of window, pre make a Malcolm on. Honda silver pot, hoes, no pot to pissing. Rich or poor, depending if they got your pops in prison. Early morning samples, nigga, chop it up. Uncut or the scramble, nigga, chop it up. Got the line down the block, shorty, chop it up. Got a grind for the spot, shorty, clap it up. If you need a con, do it, come and chop it up. Deep as in, I'll be as you count it up. Commission table with.